It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be racing down at CMS, Central Missouri Speedway, on June 30th. And, um... Today is a, a challenging day. I, I normally have Kirk Elliott sitting there right with us. Todd Surprise is on vacation. And we had a guy that was supposed to be here today. And he didn't show up, Kirk. Uh, that, that was uh, some devastating news for us. Kirk Elliott running the show today back there um, behind the scenes. So, Kirk, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, man. We're back here. Uh, you know, I get more nervous when I'm doing something like this than being on the air. This is hard work back here. We appreciate Todd so much. Oh, yeah, no But doubt. he's out on the road, uh, you know, following his son, Zach, playing baseball. And Todd deserves some good time off. And, right, uh, no so, doubt. Uh, we really appreciate what Todd does for us, especially I do when I'm right. nervous back here doing, yep. doing all this here. But, you know, we're going to make a go of it. You know, we'll make it work. Yep, no doubt. And uh, we have scheduled for today David Gravel, the winner up at Hussets. He's going to join us here a little bit later in the show. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get him on and he'll call in on the show. And, Kirk, you talk to him. He said he was going to do it, right? I did. Spoke yeah. with him after that big $250,000 payday <laughs> at Houston Speedway the other night. Yeah. Good guy. We've had him on the show before. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And I sent him a text uh, before I even left the track on uh, Saturday night just to remind him. He responded back last night, said, yep, we can do it. So yeah. uh, we'll have David Gravel on, the richest man of all of sprint car racing today. How about that big win for the number two car and Todd Quaring and Big Game Motorsports and their hometown track, Houston Speedway. That it was all working yep. for David Gravel and that so, whole team the other night. So, uh, just so everybody knows, I I drove up to Houston's with the camper, and when I got up there, there wasn't a campground within a hundred miles of that place that that wasn't full. So I ended up driving all the way up there and then turning around and driving all the way back. 12 hours worth of driving that day, Kurt. Man, and you couldn't find anything. And that's, you know, I've known you a long time, Scott Trailer, and if there's a parking place to be had, you're going to find it. Right. So I, I was just shocked when I heard you drove all the way up there and back. I talked to Tommy Hahn the other night and, uh, I think it was Blake that told me they they might have even found a spot where they were at. They had an empty spot there. Did you talk to them no, before I, you left town? No, I didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> I didn't. Well, it's uh, you missed out on a great night of racing yeah. up there, Scott. But I know you watched it on video. But uh, that's uh, my first time to Houston Speedway, and that's a uh, pretty nice place. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that that's a unique facility up there. I, yeah. It felt like you were in a stadium. Almost. No doubt. Uh, John Lee, the track photographer, and I drove up there after the show on Saturday. About five and a half hour trip up there. We got up there about four o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, 
You know, outside of that rainstorm that come blowing through there, yeah, it uh, it was a great night of racing. Kirk, who did I pick to win the race? I can't remember. I know I picked David Gravel. Who did you pick? I think I picked Gravel too. We both picked Gravel. Yeah, but listen, let me just say this: for Buddy Kofoit to lead thirty laps of that A main and with only ten laps to go, to blow up that Toyota motor. That had to be the most disappointing defeat maybe in his career. Would you agree with that, Kurt? Oh, man. He was sailing to victory. There was nobody that was going to catch him, Scott. No, nobody. Uh, he had a couple of lap cars between he and second place. Gravel and Logan Schuer were battling it out for second, so that's really who won the race because Schuer at one time had passed Gravel. And then Gravel got him back. But there were at least two lap cars between uh, Kofoid and the second-place runner with mm -hmm. 10 laps to go. I don't think anybody would have caught Buddy Kofoid. I don't either. I don't think anybody would have caught him. And, and then on top of it, the next caution that came out, McFadden, he got chewed up in that wreck. Did you see that? Yes, and just in a span of just a few minutes. Two cars taken out. Roth Motorsports, uh, just a devastating night. <laughs> that, was a, that was a horrifying night for them uh, running up there. Um, but it, it was good for David Gravel to win. Um, Rico made a little bit of a run at him right there at the end of the race, didn't he? He did. And, uh, you know, but, you know, he was just going to be – just too far back, even though it looked like he might have had a run. I never felt like Rico was going to be able to pull any kind of a slider on him on that last lap, but he was close enough to make it interesting right at the checkered flag. Right. I, I am so disappointed that I didn't go to PA because they've got some races in out there. And um, they managed to uh, – Tammy, she says, hi, boys. They managed to – Dodge the rain and get two out of the three Speed Week races in. Congratulations to the concrete kid, Anthony Macri, for getting it back-to-back -back wins. That race on Saturday night, I didn't see the race last night, but the race on Saturday night was a thriller. Mm -hmm. uh, Danny Dietrich jumped out to the early lead in that race. Macri it, it, was it, able to it get past It looked like him. Double D was going to pick up the win, didn't it? It did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was some pretty good action, and they're going to be back there tonight for uh, night three of the uh, Pennsylvania Speed Week. I know it. So is the lesson here, Scott, don't listen to weather forecasters? That's so. Uh, that's probably the, the secret. Don't listen to the weathermen. You got chased off by bad weather forecasts. Yep, I did. But they got they got two of the three nights in. Friday night at Williams Grove was wiped out. And I don't know if there were storm. Maybe Marie can answer this, if there were storm clouds swirling about uh, Lincoln and they just happened to get it in. Or, or if there were, I don't think there was any threat at BAPS Motor Speedway yesterday. They had sun out all day from, from the Twitter post that I saw. Yep. I guess they moved the uh, Lincoln race to Thursday. They did? Yep. So what's going to happen tonight? I, I don't know. Were they supposed to race at Lincoln they tonight? They were supposed to race at Lincoln tonight, Grandview tomorrow night. Is it raining there today um, in PA? 
That's what I want to know from Marie and Tammy. Is it raining there today? Well, you can still jump in your rig and head east there. and Rain. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Scott, you can still make a decision to jump in your rig and head east. Uh, you'd be able to make those uh, races this weekend. They'll be at, uh, I think, Hagerstown is one of the nights this week. And then they're going to be at uh, Williams Grove on Friday night. And then they still have two nights at Port Royal Speedway, right. Saturday night and a week from tonight. Hey, so uh, you still got time to do it, Scott. Oh, I know it. I know it. I still got time to do it. But, hey, listen, how about Justin Sanders picking up the 51st annual Jim Raper Memorial Cup at Dirt Cup? What that, do you think about that? That was a thriller. That was a good race, wasn't it? That was a great race. Mm-hmm. And a big, big payday for Justin Sanders. It was a posted $62,000 payday, but if you add the lap rewards, he walked out of there with $82,000. That's that's a boatload of money right there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I was rooting for Dominic. I thought maybe he might. Uh, I thought Dom. I thought Dom might get up there and win that deal. Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, Zeb Weiss was second, Corey Day was third, Dominic Selzy was fourth, and Tanner Holmes was fifth. So Big run for uh, Zeb Weiss driving the uh, number 26 Rudine car. That's uh, Those are the owners of the Skagit Speedway now. Right. And uh, he had a pretty strong run. But Corey Day, I think everybody picked him to win uh, when we were talking about it on Saturday because he'd swept the two preliminary nights, but I think he, you know, the fact that he had to start, where was it on the third row? Uh, um, that, that probably cost him more than anything else. Right. So what do you think was the race of the weekend, Kurt? Uh, for me, it was the one I watched in person up at Houston Speedway. Now there were probably some great races. We saw, a great late model race at Lernerville Speedway, the Firecracker 100. Ricky Thornton Jr. pulling off some great action in that race. Uh, there were a lot of great races this weekend, I thought. Yep, no doubt. Uh, but I, I'm going to have to go with the race I personally watched and attended, and that's at Houston Speedway. Yeah. I, I really thought that uh, Rico was going to make a run at him right there at the end of the race, didn't you? Yeah, it looked like it. And mm-hmm. You know, Larson, he, he, closed, uh, he closed up the gap a little bit there. He did. Yeah. And Larson, uh, he was fifth uh, late in that race, was able to get up there to third right at the end of the race. But I think he was too far back to make a run at it. Boy, you had to get a good starting spot in this race. And they had this king of the hill where I thought it was going to be two cars racing side-by-side side with one another, yeah. but actually they time-trialed those cars. They put two cars at a time out on the track and time-trialed the quickest time moved on, Right. and Rico ran the most laps of that race. He, he did. was charging his way up towards the top there until David Gravel uh, eliminated him from that king of the hill. But uh, then you saw what was on the front row, and it turns out it was the top two guys that right. locked themselves in from the preliminary races on points, Buddy Kofoid and David and David Gravel. And it turns out those are the two guys. So as competitive as that was at Houston Speedway, it really paid off to start up on the front row, didn't it? It did. 
How about O'Brien Sweet coming from 22nd to 7th? He had to come out of the last chance qualifier. He did. Started on the front row of that, uh, I call it the B main. They call it last chance qualifier. But uh, he probably passed the most cars during the night, I would say. No doubt he was the hard charger. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at uh, through the field to see who was the hard charger. He had to be the hard charger of the night. For sure. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how many cars he passed, but he had to come from the B main to get himself up there in the in the top ten. Well, he started 22nd, and he ran seventh. Yeah. So what is that about? Tw- 21 cars. From 22nd to seventh. Yeah. 15. Huh? More like 15, 15 isn't it? 15. I, I I can't do math, Kirk. Uh, I'm. I'm, I'm a little off on the math department. Um, anyway, how about old Brady Bacon? He he won at Wilmot, Wisconsin. How about that? That was good racing action. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady didn't have a very good time of it at the Eastern Storm. Uh, he had some bad finishes on that Eastern Storm run, but he said right. they came out with a new car and, and really worked on that uh, number 69 Hoffman car and got it all dialed in at Wilmot. Uh, raceway in Wisconsin on Saturday night. Too bad they got rained out at Angel Park last night, but looks like uh, Brady Bacon is back in gear after a terrible week out in Pennsylvania. So uh, it doesn't take very much, but, you know, these guys are pretty close in competition. I thought Robert Ballou had a pretty good run out there. That's best he's run for quite a while up at Wilmot. Did he run second? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how about uh, O.T. Mez winning at Macon with the Power Eye National Midgets? Uh, that's big because he beat Cannon McIntosh, mm-hmm. who's won, what, three out of the four Power Eye Speed Week races. T. Mez is the guy to break through. I see McIntosh was back in in front last night at Lincoln Speedway. Yeah. But uh, I did not watch any of those Power Eye midget races. I didn't. I didn't see any of them. Of course, uh, there's a lot to watch, and I was on the road, and I wasn't able to uh, watch those races. Did you see any of them? No, I didn't. I I, I was just kind of locked in on on Dirt Cup and and Skagit. Yeah, that's what I was more concerned about than anything. Dirt Cup and Skagit and Husets and Husets. Yeah. Now, I did watch the 100-lapper crown jewel for the Lucas Oil Late Models at Lernerville Speedway. Uh, Went back and watched that, and there was some great action in the middle portions of that race. Jonathan Davenport grabbed the early lead in that race, and you're thinking, based on his history, he's just going to run away and hide. And he had a pretty good lead, but Ricky Thornton, His car just got better as the race went on. And the battle that Thornton and Hudson O'Neill put on during the middle portions of that race was classic. But once Thornton Jr. got out in front, he checked out from there. And what a season he has had so far this year. Ricky Thornton Jr., who had that win taken away from him down at Lucas Oil Speedway due yep. to the uh, bracket breaking and failed the droop test. Yep. 
Uh, this is, uh, it would be two big crown jewel events that he would have won. He's got this one in the bag. Of course, Jonathan Davenport won the Dirt Late Model Dream. So now it's going to be interesting when they get to running these crown jewel events for about six weeks in a row, how Ricky Thornton Jr. is going to be able to carry this forward. The Silver Dollar Nationals at Houston Speedway this year used to be at I-80 Speedway. That's coming up on the 22nd of July. And then you've got uh, you've got the North-South 100, the topless, the race at Port Royal, World 100. Can Ricky Thornton Jr. carry this forward and continue this tear that he's been on? He has really been by far the best dirt late model racer in America. Mm-hmm. Um, Tammy says, Kirk, there are way too many races to watch on streaming. It It is hard to keep up someone needs to develop an app to let you know when a feature starts so you can flip it on most of us are so busy anyway with our devices anyway you know what i use what do you use my race pass i can kind of follow where they're at in all these programs if i'm just sitting it's at home not watching, nothing like watching the race live though. no it, but but it, it'll tell you if the feature is getting close or you can do as i do if i'm not going anywhere now that wasn't the case this weekend it was up at houston speedway but if i'm just home on a saturday night uh wanting to watch nothing but race a lot of times i'll wait till later in the evening and Flo does a really good job of archive in their races where you can see the features right away you can go back without even knowing how it so turned what, out they've got them archived quickly that you can go back and watch so it what that you're way. saying kirk is you don't watch them live a lot of them i don't you can't watch them because a lot of them happen at the same time right so if, if they're archived like flow does now dirt vision doesn't post their archives as timely as uh, flow racing does so i would be more Tending to watch the Dirt Vision races live, knowing that I can go back to the races on Flow and and be able to see those. You can those go back and right watch away. the Dirt races, Dirt Vision races live on the replays. You as can, well. but they don't post those archives as quickly as Flow Racing does. Mm. So I I would tend to watch those races live. Yeah. Now I didn't I didn't watch any of the Saturday night races on video until after I got back to Kansas City. I Last night, I spent some time going through all those races. So uh, most of the Saturday nights here coming up through the rest of the season will be at a racetrack. So mm-hmm. you got to kind of catch up on that stuff on a Sunday. That's At least that's what I do. Yeah, no doubt. But isn't it more fun when you don't know the outcome of the races? Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we're, we're going to take a break when we come back. David Gravel is scheduled to join us here on the show. And uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, um, it's all brought to you by Rod End Supply. Mostly Motorsports is brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they're going to be racing down at CMS on June 30th. So we'll be back with more right here on RBN, the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys.
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with Kirk Elliott. And joining us now is the winner of $250,000. David Gravel joins us on the show right now. David, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, driving back to the shop currently, but uh, 
it was an awesome weekend. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, just talk about what this win means to you as a, a as a driver, and personally, what does this mean to you? It's the biggest win of your career, obviously, right? Yeah, you know, uh, Todd's building this event up, and I feel like he's, you know, making this thing grow in a, in a rapid pace. Uh, winning the Knoxville Nationals, to me, uh, maybe has a little bit more prestige today. Um, yeah, yeah. But I say in five to ten years, the, this Houston's race is going to be just as prestigious as any event. And uh, it's pretty wild that this event did pay $100,000 more than my Knoxville victory. So, uh, that definitely helps out a lot. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let me, let me ask you a question. Did you feel like you had enough speed to catch Buddy? Um, you know, honestly, I was kind of pacing myself, and then he got by Parker, and uh, Parker was kind of hard to get by there, and, and then Buddy kind of gapped us pretty good. And then uh, when he did break, I finally had clear track again to catch him. But, you know, I don't know if he made – a couple more uh, good moves in lap traffic, uh, potentially, you know, I wouldn't have been able to get him. I don't really know, but um, I honestly was, when I got the second, I got conservative and almost too conservative, and Logan got by me and had to turn the wick back up. So I felt like I would have went ran really hard there uh, those last 10 laps, but, you know, who knows, right? Like, yeah. you just don't know how it would have all played out. Yep. L- let me ask you uh, um a kind of a technical question here for some of the people that want to know how were your tires at the end of that race? Were they pretty slicked off? Uh, they weren't too bad. They were probably wore about halfway and we had a little bit of blistering on them, but um, really not bad at all. You know, we could have went plenty more laps for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so at the end of that race, Rico's kind of making a little bit of a run on you there towards the end of the race. Were you kind of taking it easy on those last couple laps, or were you running it as hard as you could? Um, I was running it pretty hard. Um, you know, uh, I felt like I, I rewatched the whole race, and one lap I would pull away two tenths, and the next lap he would gain two tenths, and then you know, we just got the lappers at the end, but I felt like uh, most lappers went to the bottom, and then I slid Brownie on the, the last corner, and I seen Rico got all messed up. So, um, you know, if there was more laps, I think I would have had a bigger gap than I did before that. So, um, you know, I, I felt like his car was obviously uh, maybe just as good as ours, but, uh, you know, track position is so key. Yeah. Kurt? Hey, uh, David, congratulations on the big win. Talk about that battle you had going on there with uh, Logan Schuart. That you and he really going at it there for a while. Yeah, uh, like I said, I was able to get him on the start and then, uh, you know, uh, kind of got complacent and, and the lap car made me change my lane and uh, he, he got by me and um, was able to get back into lap traffic again and, and run the bottom of three and four and really make some ground up there and, was able to race back with them, and obviously that was the that was the winning move there to get in position to do that. So, um, yeah, felt felt good to to gain that spot back, and yeah, if I didn't do that, I probably wasn't going to win the race. Hey, when that brief rainstorm came through, how much did that change the racetrack? Um, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, I mean, the track took it really well, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, it didn't really take that long to run back in and then have to till it up or anything. So I think it just made it really fast for the pole shuffle and the C main and the and the B main. But 
Um, you know, obviously it's a touch wetter than it probably normally would be, but also they would have had to probably rework the whole racetrack uh, before the feature if it didn't rain. So um, really it was smooth and, um, you know, a little fast pace, but, you know, I thought that there was a bottom and the, the, the dominant group was the top, but I feel like if the guy was bunched up on the top, you, you could run the bottom. Yeah. You know, at the, at the end of the race, you, you said you didn't get hyped up with all the cash on the line. It, it, how hard is it to, to prepare yourself mentally to not get too excited about $250,000 on the line? It's tough, you know, um, but only about one, maybe one, two, or three people leave that place happy, you know. Maybe a yeah. guy that won a couple prelim nights or ran second or, or won the Saturday night event are leaving happy. So, um, you know, you just know that that could be you pretty easily, right? Only right. three people out of 54 people that show up are leaving somewhat happy. So, to me, I just can't, right? Money isn't everything, obviously. So, right. you got to try to take that out of it and, and try to treat it like any other race because if you try to get desperate or try too hard or then you start making mistakes and, and that's when you could give things away. So um, you just try to be level-headed no matter the stage and, um, you know, do your job to the best of your ability. Yeah. You had four second places from Beaver Dam up until, um, I guess it was the, the, the first night of the, uh, the, the Houston's race. So tell us about that. Was that frustrating to you to have those that many seconds in a row? Um, a little bit, but uh, going back, you know, two weeks before uh, Beaver Dam, we won a race, and then the week before at Knoxville, we won a race. So we had two out of four there before going to Beaver Dam and then running second both nights. The, the second night was frustrating because it was obviously 20000 and I thought I had a, a real opportunity to win that race. And then, you know, started Houston's off at two seconds. But, I mean, we started 12th and 7th in those features. So it was a good effort for us to run second from that position. And then, uh, you know, the third night we started 7th again and ended up running 5th. So um, it's one of those things uh, after a fourth second in a row, yeah, you want to win for sure. And and I was hoping I wasn't going to – run on the podium or, or run fourth or fifth on the final night either. You know, I was yeah. hoping that we were going to get a win and, and we did. Uh, you're, you're 10 points out of the lead with Brad Sweet. He He's ahead of you by 10 points. It looks like it's a, a three-car race right now. It looks like it's between Brad Sweet, yourself, and Carson Macedo. He's 40 points back. Do you feel like this is your best chance to win a championship this year? Yeah, I think so. I think we've been the more consistent car. We've been the better car, to be honest with you. We just had a part failure one night and then had the driver mess up and crash another night. So, yeah. uh, realistically, uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, we've been the best car statistically. And, uh, you know, Carson had his bad wreck at Knoxville, and that's why he's behind a little bit. And then, you know, Brad really hasn't had any of those nights. He, he had those nights this week, but it was show-up points only. So, and we, we were in the top five all week long. So um, I feel like uh, if we just keep doing what we're doing, stay out of trouble and control the things that we could control, and, uh, you know, I think it will take care of itself. How'd that change your approach, not having to worry about uh, season points at this event? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a little bit of a relief, you know, but then after the fact, you know, 
Uh, we beat the 41 car in the in the 49 uh, mostly every night. Brad beat me on Friday. He ran fourth and I ran fifth. But other than that, we beat those guys every night. So it was a little frustrating. But going into it, you just don't know how those different formats could go. And um, so I, I think it's the best way to do things because, uh, like I said, you just never know what could happen. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean – we were just focused on winning 250000 That That was our mindset going into the weekend. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to be pulling for you. We hope that you can knock off Brad Sweet. He's a four-time champion with the World of Outlaws. And uh, we're going to be pulling for you because, you know, you're an easy guy to pull for, just so you know. I I appreciate that. Brad, Brad's won enough. He's, he's a good friend of mine. But, uh, you know, he's built his relationship with Casey Kane Racing and has been there a long time. And, this is my third season with Big Game Motorsports, so hopefully it's our time to shine. And, uh, yeah, we're going to give it our all, all season. Yep. Hey, hey, I just want to ask one more question. Cody and Kyle, talk about those two guys that work on your race car. Uh, yeah, we have Cody Jacobs. He's the, the crew chief. Scott Vogel's son, he is the car chief. And then Zach Patterson's the tire guy. And, um, yeah, Cody's been doing it you know, quite a long time. His dad is Dean Jacobs and – his uncle is Kenny Jacobs, and he's been born and raised in the sport. And uh, Scott Vogel's son, he, he's been doing a real long time. Uh, uh, been been in the sport for probably 40 years. And uh, Zach's pretty new. Uh, he tried to do a little racing himself, and uh, you know he's only about 23 years old. And uh, yeah, they all they all work hard. You know, we always have our bumps in the road, but uh, we just try to strive to be better every day. And um, yeah, everything's been going you know pretty well. So. Me and Cody's relationship is in a good and healthy place, uh, and I feel like it's showing. Yeah, yeah. Scott, Scott, I met not Scott Vogelsong is uh, yeah, who yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, those two guys are really hard workers, and uh, boy, it takes that kind of consistency to really make it work. Doesn't it, it? It, it really it, it boils down to it's hard to get a lot of people to travel up and down the road as many nights as you guys run, isn't it? It's a very, very big struggle in our sport. Um, you know, we have healthy crowds and bigger, big, the biggest payouts we've ever had, right? And and that's all good and dandy, but truly, our sport is lacking car owners that hire drivers and and having people to work on our stuff. Uh, typically, teams can't keep the same people for more than one or two years together, and you know, people are finding jobs to stay at home or starting a family or starting right. a business and it's a real struggle to grind out there and um it's just very very tough to keep guys happy and, and committed and, and motivated so um you know my third year at the team we've always had different crew guys each year we had zach last year and trey the previous year and he left our team and now we got scott this year so yeah um it's it's just one of those things man it's a revolving door and it is a problem in our sport but uh, you just got to make the best of it every year and, you know, try to keep your guys happy and motivated. How, how special was it to have your kid in victory lane this weekend? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, uh, anytime I see him makes my eyes tear up, but he's such <laughs> a good baby. Um, he's yeah. a good little dude and just happy, uh, happy my wife and my parents could be there and Levi it just couldn't get any better. You think he'll be a race car driver someday? I don't know. Um, we'll see. Uh, he, he definitely seems to be a little daredevil already, but um, we'll see if he's got uh, any talent behind the wheel. We'll we'll get him on a power wheels, and then uh, 
start going in circles on that and then maybe a big wheel or a bike and then then a quad or something like that so all right all right david thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on mostly motorsports we can't thank you enough for doing so um i know it's a, a busy day for you so thanks again for taking the time we appreciate it buddy no problem. I got a busy next two days here with media, but that's a good problem to have. Congratulations, yep. David. Yep. Thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. Have a good day. All right. There you have it. David Gravel joining us here on Mostly Motorsports. How about that? That was pretty big, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, that's you and I both picked him on Saturday morning just for that very reason. He had like four straight second-place oh, 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 finishes. On. I might have picked Logan Shuhart. I don't know who you picked. I can't remember. I, can't remember. I remember who I picked, and that was David Gravel. Yeah. Just because he'd finished four second-place finishes in a row, and he was due to break through with a big win. And yeah. it, if Buddy Kofoy doesn't have that engine go down, he wouldn't have pulled that off. But Buddy Kofoy would have won that race. Yeah. And that Toyota engine. Cause you, but, but Buddy was working the traffic really good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that they were uh, uh, doing some different things with that Toyota motor than what they do on James McFadden's car? Because James is a full-time guy out there. He's won four times uh, with that Toyota power. Do you think they've been doing some experimentation no, on that car I, that Buddy I, was? I, I, no, I don't think so, Kirk. I, I, I don't know how many laps that motor had on it, to be honest with you. You know, there's there's a certain amount of laps that you can put on yeah. a motor, right? And with the four tens, they need to be freshened up about every ten or twelve races. Yeah. I don't know how many nights it had on that motor. You know, I was standing up uh, a, a, the first level uh, grandstand, which was not too far up. Uh, and when he came around the time before that thing spit up, you could just see a puff of smoke coming out of turn number four. And a guy standing next to me said, uh-oh, that don't look good. Right. And then and then there was a fireball that came out once he got it slowed down onto the apron. Huh. I mean, he blew that thing up big time. Cole said, uh, did you see the video of Sweet and Katie ch- 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 chirping at each other under the red did you see under that under the open red? Yeah, I didn't see it in person, but I heard about it. So what were they? What what was going on there? Well, I think they got too close to each other. Don't you think? I don't know. I don't know mm. what happened. I I wasn't watching that particular portion of the racetrack, but uh, obviously those two guys didn't agree on uh, what happened. Yeah, no, that's a uh, you know that red flag when that came out just right after Buddy had his issues. And we talked about a little bit earlier, James McFadden just got caught up in that mess. Yeah, it, that it, was not his fault. It, 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 he just got ran in, he just ran into it. That's all he did. And the 17 car, did he make it back out? Uh, I don't think he did. I don't no, th- he got towed off. Did he tow yeah. tow off? The Sheldon Hoddenshield yeah. 17 car. Yeah, because he got caught up in that wreck as yeah. well. Yeah. Now, Tim Kading was able to come back out. Mm-hmm. They had he had front nose wing damage, and and he had the 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 top wing was bent up, but he he got back out on the racetrack. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we want to take a break, Kirk. We- uh, yes, we'll have Chase Rodman on to talk more about it. Yeah, we'll talk about um, Chase Rodman about this weekend's 
race up there that paid $250,000 to David Gravel for the win. We'll be right back with more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodendsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodendsupply.com. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodendsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years.
Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy. I love racing, boys. Like Mater says, they make me happier than a tornado in a trailer park. Get her done! Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they're going to be racing down at Central Missouri Speedway on June 30th. And joining us now on the show is Chase Rodman. Chase, how you doing, bud? Uh, I am doing very good over here. I had a obviously it was a long week. I uh, didn't go to bed before about 2 a.m. every night, so I slept until about noon today. And we are feeling uh, rested and and rejuvenated. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, let's let's start off by talking about that race uh, Saturday night. Uh, we, we were just talking to David Gravel, and he felt like that he wouldn't be able to run down um, Buddy at, at, during that race. Did you feel that Buddy had that race won? I do. I think he was, uh, you know, obviously Gravel had the best probably average finish of the week. You know, I think he was second, second, and fifth throughout three prelims. Right. Um, but I think Buddy was the best car uh just about all week you know he was top five or he was second and third and then that first night he was in the top five and had something break you know he finished 13th but all week it seemed like he was um the most consistent guy just didn't really have that that result on that first night to show it and then i mean dude in traffic he was he was not missing a beat getting through lap traffic on saturday night and uh you know it was really just his race to lose at that point and then obviously we we all know what happened uh, as his engine let go, but um, you hate to see that because um, I just I've seen some guys on Twitter, you know, that say that you know I'm not going to name any names, but oh, you know, Buddy Kofoid, he's never going to win a big Crown Jewel race. Well, you know, he was nine laps away or whatever it was from from winning one, and right. it wasn't even his fault. So um, that was tough to see. Did did it throw a rod out the side of the motor? It, it, it appeared that it did. Is that what happened? I, I didn't get confirmation, but I'm assuming. I mean, there was so much oil, you know, behind that car when he rolled down pit lane. I mean, it was all the way down pit road. It was just pouring out of it. So um, it was pretty. It's pretty catastrophic. I went back and watched the um, highlights, and I didn't. I didn't get to see that gi- giant fireball that flew out of it when he right. came onto the apron. Uh, but that was that was pretty crazy. Yeah, Kurt. Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna say. The lap before that, you saw a little puff of smoke. I was standing up in the grandstand area, and uh, the guy standing next to me said, uh-oh, this was a lap before Buddy finally had it blow up, a little puff of smoke coming out, and he just shook his head, and sure enough, that was about as big an engine grenade as we've seen in a long time. Yeah, so I was sitting in the infield, obviously, and I was watching him and his girlfriend uh, Buddy's girlfriend, Asia, was kind of standing a little bit close to me, like behind me. And I was, you know, watching her every now and again to see what her reaction was. Obviously, she was probably a little bit nervous for him. But uh, as soon as he came off four and I saw that smoke come out, I put my hands on my head and I was like, you know, I was like, oh, my God. And then, like, she saw me and she flipped around and then all of a sudden it started pouring out of it. So um, that was that was just such a heartbreaker. You know, I grew up. Uh, you know, racing with Buddy, not in the same division, but in Outlaw Karts, I was about, you know, a couple divisions above him. Um, and then when I started announcing, I was announcing when he was, you know, eight, nine years old. So uh, I've known him for a long time, and it would have been really cool to see him get that win, but obviously it just wasn't meant to be. Let's right. talk about how big a win that would have been for his career 
Had he been able to pull that off, $250,000, not a full-time World of Outlaw ride, just what that would have meant had he been able to close that off. Yeah, I mean, it would have been easily the biggest thing that's ever happened in his life. You know, he's won some pretty big races in California. He's obviously won a couple outlaw races at this point, but nothing of that caliber. The attention that he would have garnered from from getting that win would have been astronomical. I mean, just for a non-outlaw guy to win that race would have been huge, you know, besides like a Larson one or something. But um, I think... You know, most people going into that weekend either thought an outlaw guy or, or Larson would get the win in the two hundred fifty thousand race, and Buddy was was right there to prove them all wrong. And um, you know, Gravel he was obviously really good all week. I mean, two seconds and a fifth. Uh, that's that's pretty darn consistent, you know. So, um, but uh, you know, maybe I mean, obviously it showed right there. Those guys right out of the gate. They had one weekend together, Buddy and, and Roth in California. They did not light the world on fire. They didn't win or anything. Um, but you know, the second weekend together and they were that good. So I, I know they're going to be together for the next two months or so. And I'm excited to see where they can, where they go and how, what, what they can accomplish together. Right. No doubt about it. Um, listen, it, it, that it was a bad deal because the next caution that came out, McFadden, he wadded his stuff up too. And, and it took out both of the Roth cars. That was, that was a little bit of a bummer, wasn't it? That was the wor- probably the worst three laps, you know, in that that Dennis Roth could have possibly imagined. Um, you know, he's pro- I'm pretty sure he wasn't there. He's probably watching at home, obviously. But um, he was probably really, really happy with how things were going. And then all of a sudden, it went from literally bad to even worse uh, in a matter of like three laps. Um, but uh, I-, I honestly think that you know he's probably upset, but. To be able to do what they did this week, uh, you know, lead 30 laps or whatever it was at the 250,000 race, get a prelim night win, and get Buddy two podiums along the way, uh, he's got to be feeling good if that car is, is fast right now. Yeah. Did you talk Those to cars, I should say. Did you talk to Buddy after the race? What 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 was his I, feelings? I did not talk to him. I, I'm one of those guys that does not like to talk to guys after they just you know got eliminated from right. potentially a life-changing deal, you know, even if it's like a, you know, a 10,000 win outlaw show and some guy gets crashed out of it or something, unless I'm super, super good friends with them, I try to just let those guys, uh, you know, deal with it on their own. I, I hate getting involved, but I do, I was standing there when Buddy got out of the car and took his helmet off and obviously the disappointment was, was pretty uh, apparent there. So, um, not, I mean, and the thing is, there's just nothing he could have done. You know, he right. was running the car as hard as he could, and it was just, it was not his fault at all. Yeah. He showed a lot of class, though, didn't he? I mean, he, he reacted. He's still saying. a young guy. I mean, it, he showed a lot of class still when he crawled out of that car. I mean, if, if that was me, I would have gotten out of the car, yeah. threw my helmet across the pits, and, you know, punched right. something in the face or whatever, you know. Yeah. I would have been losing my mind. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so, um, what does this win mean for David Gravel? He's 10 points out of the lead for the World of Outlaw Championship right now. And he felt like, when we talked to him just recently, he, he just said that he felt like that he's got his best chance to win the championship this year. Do you agree with that? Uh, um, yeah, I would think that it's definitely right there. I mean, last year he was obviously really close as well. 
Um, but yeah, ten points back. Um, it's just <laughs> it, I was telling this to somebody. It's like crazy that Brad Sweet, two years in a row at the High Bank Nationals, he he flipped last year in a wreck with Rico, and then this year he blows an engine. Um, but all of his problems mostly seem to happen at races that don't have points involved in them. You know, I don't know why they don't happen <laughs> when the points are on the line. But uh, other than that, you know, Gravel, uh, he's been, he's, you know, in my opinion, he's paid his dues. He's been out there for a long time. He's proven that he is one of the best outlaw guys that we've ever seen with his stats, his quick times, his, his feature wins, over 80 wins now. All, you know, a lot of the crown jewel races, I think he's just missing the King's Royal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I think that he's got his dues paid, and and he he deserves the World Outlaws Championship. But can he pull it off? You know, last year, if, I mean, he kind of choked at Charlotte, right? He came in like 12 yeah. points behind and finished behind Brad all three nights when he was, you know, in my opinion, he was one of the favorites to go in and win those races. He's just so good at Charlotte. Um, and then he went in there and laid an egg. So hopefully, you know, and that's the thing. It's hard to win the first one, right? It's hard to get the first one out of the way. But once you do, obviously we see what – what Brad's been able to do after that. Right, yeah. And statistically, he has been the best driver so far this year. He's got 25 top fives and and, and 30 top tens. He's got seven wins and 34 starts. Uh, statistically, he's a little bit better than, than uh, Brad Sweet right now. Brad's got 19 top fives, 30 top tens, and five wins. Yeah, uh, he's definitely been the most consistent, but – the problem with David's always been is his DNFs. You know, he's had two right. DNFs this year. That one, I remember the ones for in particular at Hobstop, which was not his fault. He, you know, blew a rear end or blew uh, the the uh, gears out of it. I think it was. Um, and I can't remember the other one, but Brad just he does not DNF very often. You know, I, I think last year he had that one DNF at, at uh, Williams Grove when his rear end like broke in half or whatever, but. Um, it just it never really happens. They they don't have many failures, and when they do, they seem to come at the right times. Like I just mentioned, I mean, he, he blew an engine at the High Bank Nationals, which is a non-points race. So yeah. Gravel's got to clean up those those uh, DNFs, and he'll be right there. But I still don't think we can count Carson Macedo out. That this week was probably the best thing for him to have a non-points week with his injury right now, so he can try and you know. Recover. Get back to full strength exactly before we get back to points racing here next week at Cedar Lake. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Brad Sweet, he he started twenty second and he ended up running seventh. That's a pretty good run for him through the field, wasn't it? Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't think that's what he was obviously wanting. Uh, I just feel like he all week really wasn't that you know incredible. Uh, the first night he barely made the show. He's last guy in out of the LCS and he passed the guy like the last lap or something, you know and finished 16th and then you know no podiums all week uh for him which was quite the surprise um you know because i i thought i heard something on one on his podcast uh that he was you know talking about oh you know we haven't been that good this week but you know, usually when the money's on the line we'll be able to you know we'll be all right we've been trying some stuff here and there or whatever but it didn't really seem like they had that raw speed that everybody was kind of expecting out of him you know yeah. so um and obviously had that engine failure and put it behind the eight ball, which was kind of interesting because at the beginning of the day on Saturday, he was talking about, man, if I have, you know, if you get a flat tire on the front row of one of these qualifiers, man, you're going to be in big trouble. You could go from either being in that fast dash or whatever, or the king of the hill dash, 
to, you know, where he was at. Luckily, he was the high point guy, so he started on the front row of the LCS. If he didn't have that, he would have probably not even made the show. Right, no doubt. Uh, did you feel like Rico was making a run at, at David there at the end of the race? Did you feel like he might be able to catch him? Yeah, I think he did. I think he would have if that last caution didn't come out um, because they would have gotten in traffic, and traffic was pretty tricky all weekend long. And when they got to that traffic, you know, before the yellow came out, they were side-by-side side in front of David. So it would have been tough for him to pass. But Rico looked like he was slightly gaining on him a little bit every single lap. Um, I would have liked to see how the race would have played out if we didn't have that last caution. Um, but, yeah, Rico looked super good. And he kind of, in victory lane, you know, when he finished, you know, in the second-place interview, I think I heard him say something that he just didn't feel like they were that good all week. Um, he didn't feel that good all week, and he finished second at one of the biggest races all year. So yeah, what does no that doubt. tell you? Those guys are pretty darn good. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and, and Rico, um, he was getting a little pressure from Kyle there a little bit too, wasn't he? Yeah, Kyle was, uh, was right there. You know, um, I don't think that – I don't know. Kyle just didn't really seem – obviously, he won Wednesday night. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, he had that problem, got in a wreck. Uh, but he just didn't – he's kind of like Brad. You know, he didn't really have that raw speed on when it came to Saturday night's program uh, to uh, get up there and, and challenge for the win. Um, so, I don't know. I don't – I mean, still third place for him is, is you know, it's pretty good, obviously. Right. but. Uh, I don't think we've seen the end of them when it comes to the Kings Royal and Knoxville Nationals and some other big races that are coming up here. So uh, I'm sure he'll get he'll be up there battling for at least one of them. I'm sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think the the closing move on that final lap was when uh, David Gravel slid Brian Brown and he got around him, and I think that closed the deal on it. Right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I definitely agree because. You know, the the only way to really pass somebody late in the race was you had to pass a lap car, I should say, was you had to slide them. Um, and there was not really much of a bottom to, to run. Um, so Rico would have had to, you know, get by Brian at the perfect, you know, perfect spot on the racetrack and still be able to close in on David a little bit. So, um, yeah, David, obviously, he's he's pretty darn good at getting through lap traffic. He, he, he knows that you've got to be aggressive to get through the lap cars, especially when you're leading the race. So, um, he made no mistake. Uh, he uh, didn't didn't uh, you know choke or anything like that, and held on. And uh, that was it was cool to see because you know Billy Otto was the presenting or the uh, you know the title sponsor of the event, and obviously you know his car owner owns the racetrack and all that stuff. It was kind of a storybook ending right there for him for sure. Uh, and that victory lane was just a whole lot of fun with his kid down there and his wife, and everybody was cheering and everything. It was it was pretty cool to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah, I was standing down there, too. I mean, that was a crazy victory circle, no doubt about it. Hey, you know, Rico has uh, been a factor and been relevant every race that he's participated in. He's been a factor. If he'd been running full-time for the Outlaws, he'd be a championship contender, no doubt about it. Just talk about the season Rico has had. He is going to be a player in all these other Crown Jewel events, the Million the Kings Royal, Knoxville Nationals, the way Rico has been running, he's going to be one of the favorites. Yeah, I think for sure Rico is the favorite when it comes to the Million and the Kings Royal. I mean, he's just been so good at Eldora this year. Um, and, uh, you know, I think he was supposed to win that all-star race that they had. I didn't get to watch the highlights, but I heard he blew a tire when he was leading, and then Hate for Teeth ended up winning. But um, I think Rico's 100% the favorite. 
uh, when it comes to the big Eldora races. And he's, you know, last couple of years, last two years, I think he's won the hard knocks night on Friday at, at nationals. So, um, he is, in my opinion, still the best car right now in the country. Uh, he had a, just an unbelievable streak of top five finishes there a few weeks ago between all stars, outlaws and, and high limit. He was top five every race. And then it came to an end at, at Knox, at Knoxville that night that Carson got, or got in that wreck. So, um, yeah, those guys are so, so good right now. I love to see it because Rico, you know, he struggled there for two or three years, uh, and he was kind of just there. He wasn't really a factory, you know, didn't win a race with the Outlaws for a while, and then this year it's just uh, the resurgence, man. And something, you know, with Ricky Warner being there, obviously he's got a really good car underneath of him. Uh, but I think Rico's just turned it up a notch this year. Yeah, you know, I think the wreck that he had at Eldora kind of took a little bit of the wind out of him a little bit, and it, it took him a little bit to recover from that. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, um, absolutely. But, you know, he's been around long enough to, you know, know that if you have a bad night, you got to try and put that behind you as quick as you can and, and uh you know, you got to focus on the next one. You know, it's kind of that, well, what we call the, uh, the outlaw mentality. I know he's never been an outlaw, but you know, he, he races just as much as the outlaws or even more sometimes, you know, so you got to be able to put those bad ones behind you and, and focus on the ones ahead. Um, and you know, he might not have had the best runs after that happened, but I think he knows that they are really, really fast. And I think that also helps in that recovery time from having a bad night. You know, he knows that they've got a car that can contend to win every single night. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you this. What is this race that they announced that they're going to run it again next year? Is this the granddaddy of them all? Uh, I know we've got the million coming up at Eldora, but is, is this one of the marquee races of all time? this $250,000 win race? Oh, I think it's getting there. Um, you know, I, what I was hoping they would say, because, like, obviously it was the biggest, highest payout in outlaw history. I was hoping next year they'd make it $250,001 to win, just like every year bump it up by $1. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the, the next highest outlaw purse of all time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, no, it's definitely getting up there in popularity. I mean, you guys were – I mean, Kirk, you were there. It was yep. – there was a bajillion people there, man. I mean, it was like the entire state of South Dakota was there, it seemed like. Um, completely sold out. Every night when I went to do opening ceremonies, the crowd was moving closer and closer to the flag stand down there because there was just no more seats left. Right. Um, so the interest is definitely there. Um, it's just, you know, it, it. the thing is, like, the Knoxville Nationals and the Kings Royal, the prestige of those events because they've been around for so long yeah. is different from this one because it's only been around for two years, you know, but I think uh, that will quickly, uh, it'll quickly get to that prestigious level right now. It's just like, you know, obviously the biggest amount of money. Um, I just think when you win the Knoxville nationals, the names that have won that race and the Kings Royal are make it a little bit more special. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's I don't know how to explain it the right way, but I, I kind of asked Kyle in, in his third-place interview. I screwed it up big time, but um, he was kind of saying the same thing. It's like it's getting to that point. Uh, it's, got all the, it's got all the ingredients to make a good recipe to, to be a, a marquee event, and it's – I mean, it is one, obviously, but to be one that you, you can't miss. You know, get more yeah. than 54 cars there. It needs to have, you know, I think 70 or 80 cars there. I think uh, it's big enough now, uh, Chase. They need – 
a place they can bring uh, the top three drivers in so uh, the media can uh, can get interviews with them. I think it's at that level uh, based on what I saw the other night. But, hey, the atmosphere was electric the other night. I got up into the t- very top of that grandstand before that rainstorm come through there. Yeah. And I can tell you it takes a long time to get down out of there when it's raining. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't make the mistake of going back up at the top again. But, man, that crowd was electric the other night. Uh, when you Obviously it is. When you have that much money on the line, uh, before they threw yeah, the green no flag, you could feel it, Chase. Hey, Chase, just to let you know, I drove up there with my RV, and when I got up there, there wasn't a campground around within 100 miles that wasn't full. And I, wow. I, I drove all the way up there. It's six hours from my house to get up to Houston's. And when I got up there, I couldn't find an RV spot, so I turned around and I drove back home. What did I tell you the day before, Scott? Wow. You should have called ahead. I should have called ahead and got an RV spot. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize it was that crazy. I mean, I know there's a million people there, but I didn't realize it was, it had that kind of effect on the entire surrounding area. Uh, it's kind of like the Chili Bowl. It's kind of like Knoxville, man. When you get that, is. Uh, those events through, it just takes over the entire area. Yep. And yep. we're going to experience Eldora. Scott and I, we've got the rig out here. We're ready to roll to Eldora here in a few weeks. Yep. We've been to El- Scott and I have been to Eldora before. That was not an, for the Kings Royal weekend. Yeah, or no the million. So we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to, and we yeah. have we have an RV spot. Just so you know, that's good. Yeah. Do they do yeah, they do do, do they do uh, media press conferences at Eldora? I hope so. I uh, for Kings Royal, I don't remember them doing it, but I'm sure for the million they're going to have something in the um, in the media center down there in the infield. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I will uh, be a fan. Those first two nights at Eldora, I don't get to watch too many races these days, but I'm going to make sure to be uh, watching those ones. Uh, that's you know, all, that's the, on the flow. Yeah, 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 those yeah, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not on. Hey, 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 don't, don't, don't mention that. Uh, don't mention the other guys. It's Dirt Vision. Dirt for the Vision Kings Royal, though. Dirt Vision does as good a job as anybody in the they business. They do a better job as far as overall production. The, the, the production uh, is much, much better. That's what I try and tell everybody, man. And I'm I, I'm not gonna sit here and you know I I, li- I obviously work for them, uh, but even if I didn't work for them, I would say that the production value for Dirt Vision is it's it's much beyond. If you turn on an All Star race, it's not even close to the same production value. Yeah. That, so what that the other guys have. So. So what are you gonna do those two nights the for the million? Just hang out, huh? Oh yeah, me and me and the girlfriend and uh, a couple of uh, you know the guys that uh, work for the Outlaws are just gonna go sit in the stands, have a couple of the toilet waters or the Royal Flushes, and a couple of uh, you know uh, spicy uh, cheese bites or whatever they call them there, and, and hang out and watch. Uh, I'll I'll buy you around. How about that? Perfect. All right. Perfect. Hey, hey uh, all right. Cedar Lake. This uh, that's a great racetrack. Cedar Lake Speedway this weekend. Talk about it. Yeah, Cedar Lake, uh, last year we had two, uh, I would say, kind of surprise winners um, with Jacob Allen and Brock Zierfoss. Uh So that was really cool last year. That track is, um, it's I like it because there are people, like, surrounding the entire racetrack. It's one of those ones where it almost feels like a stadium. You know, you got the stands on the front and back stretch, and then in three and four you got 
the RVs and the campers surrounding that entire corner. Uh, so it's a really cool place, really nice facility, um, and the track usually puts on great racing. Uh, it's one of those ones where qualifying, you really hope to go out early because it, the track falls off a cliff after about you know, 15, 20 cars. Um, but when it comes to feature time, it's uh, slick. It's got two lanes. It's, it's a unique track with the, those tires that are buried under the track on the bottom. Makes it kind of interesting to see guys run the bottom there. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to get there. Don't know what the car count's going to look like, but, you know, I learned a long time ago, it doesn't matter how many cars you got, as long as you got two of them, it, it could be a good race. Yep, no doubt about it. Hey, Chase, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports every week, bud. We can't thank you enough for doing so. Uh, it's all, again, brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints, and uh, they'll be running down at CMS on June 30th. Thanks so much, buddy. We appreciate you. Sorry I didn't get to talk to you on Saturday night up there, but we'll hook up out at Eldora. How about that? Yeah, we'll be there for four or five nights, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you guys at some point over there. Thanks for uh, having me on the show, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Thank you, Chase. Appreciate it. See ya. All right. There you have it, Chase Rodman. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more right here with Mostly Motorsports. Again, it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they'll be racing down at CMS Central Missouri Speedway on June 30th. We'll be right back. to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, 
year-round for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. Again, it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they're going to be racing down at Central Missouri Speedway on June 30th. And I want to remind everybody what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Uh, they will be giving away a brand new 2023 Z06 with the Z07 performance package in it. It's pearl white metallic and tricoat color. Along with $25,000 in cash, they'll be giving that away on August 19, 2023. This car, folks, let me just tell you a little bit about this car. This car makes 760 horsepower. Can you imagine? Back in the day when I was a kid, the cars that made the most amount of horsepower were 425 horsepower. Today, cars are making 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. It's an 8-speed automatic. It's got a, an all-aluminum cylinder block casting with small block engine families. And it, it is just a, a dual coil valve springs. It's just a, a really, really nice car. Each engine is assembled by one technician, and and each engine is personally signed by the engine tech who assembled that engine, just so you know. So, uh, anyway, the Z07 performance package includes larger tires, wheels, larger brakes, aero package. It is very unique when it comes to the Z06 performance package again it's the z07 performance package with the uh, pearl white tri-coat color and it is a beautiful car kirk um we didn't get the picture up of the car did we kirk you know i was looking for it here and i couldn't find it i wasn't sure it was the right one so uh i'll do better next time all right well and uh for sure uh, and and listen, if if you're going up to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, there's no better time to go up there right now because they've got a Williams Grove um, track tribute up there right now going on at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. And if you would like to buy anything from the store, you can always do that at SprintCarStuff.com. That's SprintCarStuff.com up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Kirk, did you call Trenton? I uh, I just tried to call him. No answer. 
Uh-huh. So hopefully maybe he'll call us back here in a little bit. So uh, he probably got tied up. He's a big businessman now, you know. They, uh, they're they now covering the ASCS National Tour races. And uh, I watched – I didn't see the race at Lawton, but I watched the one on Saturday night at uh, Caney Valley Speedway. And uh, it looked like Andrew Deal was going to win that race, but uh, he got into a lap car and took him out. And Alex Sewell came from, like, eighth starting position – Right. To win at his first ever ASCS National Tour race down at Caney Valley. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, Corey Schutte picked up the win at uh, Grain Valley Speedway, Kirk. Did you see that? I did not watch that. Was anybody carrying live video of that race? No, I don't think anybody was carrying the live video of that at race. Valley, Valley Speedway. I, 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 don't think, I don't think Dennis Strout is a big fan of live video at his racetracks. He's one of these guys that feels it takes away from ticket sales. Right. But I'm here to tell you it's always better to be at the racetrack. It, 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 listen, here's here's the truth about live video at racetracks. What it does is it makes people watch a race, and if they really enjoy that race, it makes them want to go to the racetrack. Would you agree with that, Kirk? I think so. I I went to Houston Speedway after years of watching that track on live video. And to me, if it's not on live video, it's out of sight, out of mind. Right. You're not thinking about it as much if it's not on live video. Mm-hmm. And Port Royal Speedway is another example. After watching here a few years of live video from that racetrack, Fairbury Speedway, you could put that in that mix. Those are two racetracks that are on my bucket list to go to. Why? Because... I've watched the races on live video, and I want right. to go there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I, I just want to give it a little bit of a shout-out to Austin Charles, who picked up the B-Mod win out at uh, Valley Speedway this weekend. Congratulations to him. Yeah. Uh, Friday night, there is a uh, open wheel event down at Central Missouri Speedway. The Power Eye Lightning Sprints will be there. But also, midgets are going to be at central missouri speedway on friday night mm-hmm. and they're going to have 305 sprint cars so i'm thinking about driving Where's down there that checking at? that out at central missouri speedway oh they've been talking about it where the power the, eye the, lightning the, they're going to have down there. they're going to have the 305s down there too yeah and midgets midget cars at cms is that a, is that an open wheel friday night the open wheel friday night mm-hmm. yeah typically the uh Fourth of July weekend at Central Missouri Speedway, the Tom Wilson Memorial has been a Saturday-Sunday event. It's Friday-Saturday this weekend, so uh, I'm thinking about it's going usually Saturday-Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. In years past, it has been. Yeah. Fourth of July falls on a Tuesday this year. Just so. so you know, the Tom Wilson was my partner on this show before Kirk Elliott, wasn't he, Kirk? Yeah, and I remember Tom. He had this golden voice. He was a great man, announcer. He was, he was one of the better announcers around, and he had all yeah. the cliches and everything, right? Yep. He, he was full of cliches, wasn't he? He was. <laughs> yeah, he was. But he put out the best-looking press releases of anybody out there. Had them really look. Then it was back in the days when you sent them out, you know, that they, they look good. They, right, nowadays, right. it's all, you know, Internet. Tom was whatnot. a pretty good guy. But that, he, back in the days when they mailed press releases out, 
his were the best-looking press releases. Yeah. You know, I, I called Tom about 45 minutes before he passed away. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get an answer, but I called him just before he passed away. Tom was a pretty good old boy. He, he, he could be a little difficult sometimes. I remember attending his services back, that's been 15 years ago, probably now, hadn't it? How long ago was that? It's prob- we miss him. It's probably 20 years ago, yeah. Kurt. But it's good that they have a memorial for him down the Central Missouri Speedway. He was a fixture down there. And, Earl uh, Walls thought the world of Tom Wilson, yeah. didn't he? Yes, he did. Earl Earl thought Tom Wilson. In fact, when Scotty Cook went down there to announce, he said, don't think that you're going to be any Tom Wilson because you're not going to be Tom Wilson. <laughs> Nobody can be. Nobody could be. But, but again, he was so good at doing the press releases and everything as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this past weekend, Scott, Ryan Raglan, who's uh, reported a lot of races for us, was down at 81 Speedway for $30,000 to win modif- or late model show, World About Law Case Construction Late Model Series. Dennis Herb Jr. came from about the eighth starting spot to win that race. Uh, you got passed, a little sound? I've got a little sound of that. Uh, we're doing it just a little bit different here, but I think it's going to come through. So uh, let's uh, hear the interview. That How about Kirk Elliott running the show yeah, today? How about that? <laughs> Uh, I just try not to make it a total disaster here. But right. Let's hear from. You, you've been doing good, Kirk. Well, just so you know. Let's hear from uh, Dennis Herb Jr., uh, who won the race. Ryan Raglan spoke to him after his big $30,000 payday. Dennis Herb coming up with the win, and I uh, just got done talking to Nick Hoffman. He said, well, I know I wasn't going to pass him on the low side. He wasn't going to come off it, so he had to do everything else. And this was one of those tracks that just kind of laid right into your hands for you. Yeah, it was tonight, uh, you know, definitely. You know, last night that first feature was up around the top, so tonight we were able to get around the bottom, and, uh, you know, our car works really good down there and uh, just, you know, really happy with it tonight, so, uh, you know, we were able to pull them all off. Did you hear Hoffman at all one a couple times when he got close? Well, I knew he was going to be up there. I mean, I, I knew that they were going to give it a shot to there because, like he said, you know, I'm pretty much on that bottom and the car works real good there, so there's no sense of moving there unless, you know, we've seen him, but, uh, you know, we were able to, you know, get the job done. Help get you up in points and get you a good start for the Midwest Wing. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely, uh, you know, we're just, you know, keep plugging away, never give up here, and, uh, you, know, you know, hopefully have some good runs here this week. Starting to like Wichita a little bit now? Oh, yeah. It's like second time here. So, you know, we had a good run last year and come back again to win this year. It was a, you know, real proud of, proud of that. All right. Congratulations. Nice run. Thank you. There you have it. That's Ryan Ragland uh, doing the interview down there at 81, right, Kurt? Is that right? That is where it was at. And yeah. That's the first win he's had in about a year. And he's the defending champion of the World About Law Late Models. He hadn't won in about a year. Yeah. So a big win for him down there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, let's uh, – do we got Trenton? Let's let's bring on Trenton Barry from RacingDirt.com. Trenton, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Good. Good guess. How was your weekend? It was it was excellent, really. Um, we uh, went to, I guess not we, I. It's, it's weird. I don't get to drive just in my Melhamilton Ford truck very much by myself to the races anymore. So it's kind of it's kind of relaxing for a change. I uh, I went to went to Arrowhead on uh, on Friday night and 
saw probably the best best race, best finish of the of the year, and then they they topped it off with an even better one. I think uh, Saturday night down at, at Tri State in Pecola, but I was there Friday, and uh, Chad Wheeler held off Tyler Wolf in a thriller at Arrowhead, which guys, that place is just just out of this world. I, I had I had no idea you could construct a bull ring place that's i mean that's things literally it's perfect i mean it is literal perfection um down to the the finest of details and um they got just a just a small bit of finish work around the some edges to do and this thing's ready for prime time i tell you and then went to caney saturday for the ascs race had a great night there too uh had a pretty good field of cars there as well and, and a great grandstand cow man that Tell you that ASCS can draw some people now. They sell some front gate tickets, and that's that's really cool to see. Yep, no doubt about it. So, uh, what was the uh, the outcome this weekend? Did, was it was it good for you? For in terms of yeah, I mean, I I think we had a pretty successful weekend. We lost Saturday at Deer Creek, you know, as far as you know, company wide, um, and we had part of the Race and Dirt Summer Thunder promotion we're doing between Fountain City and Deer Creek these next two weeks, and we lost the Deer Creek show, so uh, they had had rain there unfortunately. But yeah, I think overall was was a pretty good weekend. Yeah. Hey, I got to run. I ran a little bit of infield camera Saturday night too at uh, Caney Valley. It had been a while since I'd done that, so I I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed that a whole lot too. So yeah, it was good. So go ahead, Kirk. No, I was going to say Caney Valley. I watched that race down here on. The Andrew Deal, he's not uh, very happy the way that thing ended up. He Ooh. he was on his way to victory, wasn't he? Man, I think he was probably the fastest car there by a straightaway, at least. You know, at least looked looked like it in the A main. Um, never really got to see what 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 happened to Jason Martin if he wouldn't have got tore up there early. Um, but so many guys, you know, either went to the back, went to the work area, fell back, you know, several of them pushed back forward. A few cars fell out. It was. That was a uh, that's a wild a main for sure there uh, Saturday night. So um, yeah, it was it's good stuff. Miss missing Seth Bergman. They say he's going to be back. I guess he was opening up. I think it's his fourth location, his coffee shop. Yep, no but, doubt. Well, uh, he 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 sure adds a ton to that tour. So I'll be, be excited to see him back racing again. But uh, uh, I guess it's been working on on getting that thing going and just missed yep. the last few weeks. Unfortunately, his, his timing with his people helping work there wasn't wasn't quite lining up with the race schedule right this this is going to be a brick and mortar store that he's opening up all of his other stores are kind of uh a temporary stores and this is going to be a brick and mortar you. store yeah for sure yeah well whatever it was he was waiting on lack of better words contractors people to, to get it whatever and it just interfered so anyway man i i didn't quite realize i'm sure you guys did that, that, guy, that guy brings a ton to that tour um so well uh, let me just let me just say this uh, trenton when i started on the tour in 09 Mm -hmm. um he was he was running with us and he finished 11th in points and then the next year okay he decided to go back home and run at uh gray's harbor and skagit and he picked up five or six wins and then the next year Mm -hmm. He decided to come back out on the tour, and he's been out on the tour ever since. Now, not that he's run every race on the tour since then, but 
he, he's taken off some races along the way. He was a crew chief for a little bit. And okay. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now that Seth Bergman is one of the best 360 sprint car drivers in the country. Yeah, I you guys sort of be qualified to say that. I just I just tell you I just enjoy watching him race. I uh, don't know a whole lot about him. Talked to him a handful of times now, and uh, I've really enjoyed that. I, I think I think Jason Martin and Matt Covington are incredibly talented too. Um, well, those two guys had to fight through some adversity there Saturday night that I hadn't been accustomed to seeing them, you know, have to fight through. It seems like, you know, your super fast guys kind of can figure out how to get things to go their way. And mm-hmm. they certainly things certainly weren't going their way there Saturday, but they, both those guys showed a lot of grit to, to dig back in there and get, get themselves good finishes. You right. know, it's great to see guys pay their dues and be rewarded. And Alex Sewell is one of yep. those guys that deserves to win one of these races. He finally got it done on Saturday. Yeah, night. no doubt. That, that was Michael Jackson was telling me a lot about his background and story and how he got started. And he, he was going to go race the night before there at Red Dirt, but just decided against it last minute um, and, and rolled in there ready to go uh, Saturday night to Caney. So, yeah, it was a, that's a wild deal. You know, it's a great run for, uh, for Howard Moore, too. Um, he, he, he looked incredibly, incredibly strong there, especially late. And, uh, Brandon Anderson too. So give a hey, shout to both those guys on Howard on Moore drives for AG Reigns, does he not? He does. Th- yeah. Now yeah. that guy. So I so I, I've had a few conversations with him too. I I, I like that guy. He's uh, uh and, and I know you guys are going to tell me how great of a racer he was. I uh, I, I knew I knew that he raced, um, but I, I really enjoyed talking to him from a car owner perspective and. And what it takes to to put a team on the road and to go race at the level they do. So yeah. I have have really enjoyed talking to AG. You, and, you know, AG Reigns. I don't know if you know this or not, but Sammy Swindell drove for AG Reigns for quite a while and did very well. He did that really well in that car too, didn't he? Yeah. 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 They, he told me a little bit about that. Um, you know, it's so here's what's super interesting to me besides the fact that everybody runs around in small four wheelers and everybody says, well, it's all the space they have. And I say, well, but the modifiers that race out of the S and S's have less trailer room. But besides the fact that everybody runs around in small four wheelers, that's just something I'm going to have to get used to in that world. Right. I, uh, I really have enjoyed the fact that like there are, there are true blue car owners in this deal. And, and I don't see a lot of that in the modified world. There's a few that are out there. Um, but you know, guys that just go pick handpick drivers and, right. um, that, that's a pretty cool dynamic that, that lives in the, the ASCS world. That's, it's been fun to, to get acclimated with. You, you know, it's funny. We just had David gravel on here. He just picked up the $250,000 to win. And he yeah. said that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to come after him. I'll be a letdown for the audience. Right. But but what what he said is is that there's not enough car owners in our sport in, in sprint car racing. Well, there's there's even less than the modifieds. I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah, it costs a lot of money to so. do that. Hey, uh, you brought up Brandon Anderson. It's good to see him finish a race after all the engine problems that he's had over the last two or three weeks uh, he's got to be happy just to finish a race and have his engine in one piece yeah it was and he he was pumped there saturday night after after that race at caney so uh that was that was great great to see too this a this is a good group of talented young racers that are running this and i know i know you guys talked a lot about and the usmts the same way 
like drivers come and go, but you're always going to find that core group that's with you. And, and I don't, I'm not going to claim to know these guys like the back of my hand. Cause that, that'd be a lie. And that'd be disingenuous to listen because I, I don't, I'm, I'm learning and I'm absorbing and I'm taking in as absolutely as much as I can take in right now um, to, to make myself knowledgeable on the series and the sport. And I'm, I'm, I'm working hard at that, but um, it's, it's really neat to see this group of young racers. And there's some guys that, you know, you just find them out there at their cars before the races and chat with them a little bit. And they're good. A lot of guys feel like they got a lot to prove right now. And this ASCS tour and mm-hmm. it's fairly wide open. So that's, that's that's pretty exciting, I think. Yeah. Well, let let me say, back in the day, man, the, at one point, back in '09, we had everybody uh-huh. that was anybody racing in, in that series. There was Gary Wright, there was Brady Bacon, there was uh, Wayne Johnson, Jason Johnson, Shane Stewart. There were so many really star quality drivers that were running in that series back in the day, and let me let me just ask you this, uh, Trenton. Let me ask you this: Is is it really coming down to Rodney Sanders, Jake O'Neill, and Jason Hughes for winning the USMTS championship this year? You think? Man, it's be sure hard hard to bet against one of those three. Don't don't you guys? And I think I think it'd be pretty tough to uh, to, to bet against any of those three. Really. Um, I don't know. You know, I still think Tyler Wolf week in and week out has been the fastest car on the tour. I, I really do. He's he's had some bad luck. Some of it, some of it circumstantial. Some of it of his own doing. Um, I, I really, I really think Tyler Wolf's the fastest car that that exists in, in our world right now. Um, so I, I don't know. It's it's still, there's still a lot of races. You know. A couple of weeks ago there at Cedar Lake, it was kind of the first time we've had a lot of warm weather racing. And, and you know, they work on the track so much, they don't let it get real slick. And that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at here is there's going to be a run of places here where these racetracks are just going to get dead slick. And that kind of has a way of factoring into some, some different people running up front. Yeah. And not not always. And, yeah. and certainly those three that you talked about, they're, they're, they're good in any track condition. So I'm, I'm not taking anything away from them. But. I just don't know we can call it yet, but boy, it'd be awfully hard to bet against any of those three. Right, right. right. Sure. And there's and, a and the one the one. So and here here's the one thing about them: those three guys, what what they all have uh, so much in common with each other is that the majority of the time, no matter what happens, they're finishing the races. And you guys know just as well as I do. That means everything just yeah. to win a championship. You have got to run every lap of the race. You know, Brad Sweet. He's averaged in the top five just about every race that he runs. And we, we see a lot of uh, guys that with, with two wins, Rodney Sanders, Jake O'Neill, yep. uh, Dan Ebert, um, yep. um, Clayton Carter, and uh, Tyler Wolf has two wins as well. So there, there, there's quite a few guys that have a couple wins there, right? Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, several several repeat winners nobody's really dominated but wolf wolf's the one if you were to go back and you know just check every single a main and it'd be pretty pretty cumbersome but he's he's the one that's let a few of these get away he he would he would lead the series and wins right now um so it's just uh just this is what it is that's, that's why they that's why they call it racing and not winning right he's he, the other day he, <laughs> he he's currently 12th in points right now 
Yeah, I, I, I know it. And it, isn't that crazy that I'm telling you he's the fastest car in the pits right. not every weekend, and he's he's 12th in points. So, um, just what it is. He now he won he won the finish. He finished second Friday night at Arrowhead to Chad Wheeler, and then he won Saturday night at uh, Tri-State there in the, the Arms American Modified Series race, which is kind of the – it's a regional USRA tour that was there. And the, 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 both those races were two grand to win. So uh, they had, had strong fields. TP and Hughes were both in there, you know, as far as USMTS cars, along with, with Wolf and Chad Wheeler, who's been running so good. That, that win he got at Arrowhead was his fourth uh, in a row on Friday night. So – uh, there's a lot, lot of good heat there this weekend. Uh, you got a couple of weekends ahead of the big event at Ogilvy coming up on July 13th through the 15th, Mason yeah. City after that. So where do these guys all run the next couple of weekends leading up to that Ogilvy event? Man, so here's what's weird about the USMTS. Uh, Todd's lovely wife, Janet Staley, doesn't put her foot down on much, but she's just tied we're not going to race on the 4th of July weekend. So... Therefore, short of the one year that he went to go run the Belleville 100, uh, and he didn't sanction it, but he just went to go race direct it, uh, they they do not race on the 4th of July. And it's this way every year. Um, this is this is a couple of weeks that they take for a vacation right in the middle of the summer, and uh, I, I love that. I, I love that about the series, and I love that, you know, Todd keeps his family in front of mind, and, and they race so much that, that in that world, the USMTS is just off. So, um I would say we might see a guy or two at Wheatland Thursday night uh, for the, the Thursday night race, especially with the USMTS race coming up later in the year there. Um, I'd say that'd be a pretty logical place for, for a few guys to go test and get some laps. Um, but other than that, you know, there'd be a, there's going to be an American modified series race uh, or American racer modified series race at uh, Salina high banks here in a few weeks. Um, and then some, some guys are just going to rebuild. There's, there's a super busy stretch coming. Um, Ogilvy, Mason City are going to be right there, basically back to back, with very little time to breathe in between those two. Um, so a lot, a lot of them will just take this time and regroup if, if they don't go try to bus off and run a home track race somewhere. Right. right. So, you know, it'd be kind of uh, nice that, if they showed up at summer. Lakeside Speedway. You know, they need the car count out here. <laughs> would, would. Uh, so the, this this race and dirt summer Thunder Series between Fountain City and Deer Creek. Um, that that'll get a few of them as well here coming up next week. So that that thing continues on, and uh, those races are two thousand to win. Plus, there's a point fund at the end of that. So I haven't heard yeah. when Deer Creek's going to reschedule theirs, or or if they are. But um, that that certainly will get get some of the northern drivers' attention. Yeah, too. and and I know this is a big race for you personally. It's the second annual USMTS Bushwhacker at I seventy Speedway. That's going to be yeah. a, that's a big one for you, right? Yeah, it is. I, I, I can tell you this. I, I'm i not thrilled the All-Stars race got added on the schedule the Saturday before um, because it's it's no secret. We we took this one in the shorts last year, and we had a really good plan in place with um, the racetrack and with Todd and ourselves to try to figure out a way we could put a, a solid program out there together. And then all of a sudden, I see the All-Stars got added the Saturday before our race on a Thursday. So, that's going to be tough, um, but when when you don't when you don't own the racetrack, there's only so much you can do, right? Your yeah, your yeah. uh, your your penny only matters so much. So yeah, um, wasn't thrilled for that. Uh, need that race to to uh, to perform this year to probably continue being able to to at least consider having it on the schedule. So 
Um, I'm hopeful that it does. And, and yeah. the group at I-70 was great to work with last year. And I also understand that they have an entire racing schedule they have to put out as well. And they're responsible for their best interest in the events that they can book. So I don't, I don't fault them there. I just, the, the timing's not real great for us. Right. I'll say. Uh, that's Thursday, August so. 3rd. And then on Friday, yep. August 4th, you got the seventh annual USMTS Grant Youngins Memorial presented by Quick Shop. And then you're going to run down at the 14th annual USMTS Show Me Shootout at Lucas Oil Speedway on Saturday. Yeah. It's, so, and where this weekend's a little different is that's, that's basically the only one uh, where it's back to back to back and it's, it's different racetracks. You know, we've, we've been going and setting up shop for, for three days at these places and that's, that's been very much enjoyable this year. I've very much enjoyed that. So, uh, this one, this one's going to be a little bit different that weekend with, with these three one day races, but, um, great racetracks all the way around. Obviously love being close to home. Um, super important that, you know, we can keep the series thriving right here in the, the middle part of the country and um, obviously there's a lot of people that really enjoy the usmts and grateful for every one of them if i remember that race at i-70 last year was down to the wire finish was it not that was that was pretty good racing out there last year yeah between rodney sanders and lucas shot it was great probably the best i mean i don't know i haven't watched every race at i-70 i've watched a lot of race highlights but um gotta gotta probably be the best finish they've had out there since they oh no question about it dirt I mean, it was it was incredible, and the last the last handful of laps were, were really exciting. So um, that that turn four, they finally got the big thing at that race last year was turn three and four. They about they about built a curb in the middle of turn three and four, and uh, they got out there on the racetrack just in time, knocked it back down, and saved it. And it allowed that racetrack to to go ahead and widen out when the feature came out, and uh, was was really the difference in you know, making just another race or making one that people are going to remember and talk about was, was that extra little bit of work they did over there in, in turn three and more importantly, turn four. I, I, I think it the, started to build a wedge. I think the biggest thing that I-70 yeah. needs to do at their racetrack is get the corners widened out because every time they do that. hundred percent. Because it's so narrow. It's so happens. narrow when they, when they run – just one car through the yeah. bottom down there in three and four, but when they widen it out, it turns into great racing out there. It does, and you've, you've got to, you know, it's got to be a deal where, all right, we're going to pull these cars out for the heat. We're going to run two laps around the top. Everybody pack the top, you know, wheel uh, tire tracks in the mud, follow the guy in front of you, you know, something yeah. like that. And um, or, or and if. Hey, if they, if they're not going to do that, and you get through, you know, your first division of heat races, and you see they're not going to do it, it's it's going to be time to put pull the equipment back out there on the track and and get after it. So um, that it, it seems to me, and I don't know, Scott, you you can you're probably more qualified to speak on this, but it seems like it's so fast that if you allow them early, they will just burn in the fastest line, and nothing, nothing else really happens. Yeah, no doubt about you it. You know, and that's that's what you, you've got. You've got to avoid that if you want to put on a race. And um, I was I, I was fairly vocal during our race last year. Like, hey, we need to we need to be thinking about this. There's something we need to be looking at. <laughs> you know, down from the infield. Like, I, right. I, I focused in on turn four, and they 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 stopped they stopped there at a, at a break and went to work on it. And I'm telling you, was the difference in making the race or not? So. Um, I, uh, 
I really enjoy that place. I really want to see it succeed. Um, that is not a place that needs to run every week, but it needs to probably run six to 12 times a year, you know, somewhere in there, whatever works for them. Well, I'm going to just be a killer addition to racing. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I, I think if they were to weekly race out there, if they had a weekly show out there, that they would get more fans out there because to be honest with you, when, when I go out there, I, I never see more than 12 or 1500 fans in the grandstands. And, and if yeah. they ran them, week, if they ran them weekly out there, I think that it would bring more identity to the racetrack and more people would go to the races. But not on that configuration of that race. Well, that ra- they'd have to change the race. Listen, track. they 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 would need to shorten up the racetrack a little bit. And I've said this more than one time on this show, is that that what they need to do is build it like Eagle Raceway or US thirty six. If if it was that size of racetrack. They would have better racing out there. No doubt. It, 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 the track is way too fast. And in fact, I've said this many times on this show. If they were going to make it really fast, they should have just saved a lot of money and just put dirt on the old racetrack. No. No. <laughs> they could have saved no. a lot of money there. Yeah. They, they would have they, they saved millions of dollars if they would have oh, just yeah. put dirt on the old racetrack because the track is just as fast as the old racetrack. So it, what was interesting to me is, okay, so you say, all right, it's still, still a little big and I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. It's, it's, it's still a little big. I, I think that's fair. Um, how do you, how do you convince somebody that just dumped millions and millions and millions of dollars into a world-class renovation to go, well, time to fix the racetrack. Cause that's, that's that's a pretty big ask, honestly. If you if you think of, I mean, I know Todd Staley rebuilt Mason City three times in the course of two years. That ain't happened in very many places. Yeah, but what they should have done is just shortened it up a lot more because it, it's just too fast. Build it like Mason uh, City. That that well, from, they did a really good job at Mason City. Yeah, they did. From the from 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 the outset, it should have been shortened up more. Yes, I will I will give you that, and I think I, I don't even, I don't even really think that's a any, any question that's up for debate, but uh, here, so here's the next thing, guys. I don't say play devil's advocate, but but just another side of this. All right, so this thing they, they've they've shown they don't really care about weekly racing right now. That's not really their mo, and that's that's fine. So they're focused on bringing in tours, and I think if you are going to go run a tour for a championship, you have got to run on bull rings. You got to run on middle sized racetracks, high bank tracks. Uh, tracks that are shaped right, tracks that are shaped wrong, high banks, low banks, medium banks, big tracks, fast tracks, small tracks. And, and, and to me, those ones that go run at I-70, that, that crosses that big track off. And I, I'll tell you this, I'd, I'd much rather see somebody who would much rather go watch a race at a place like I-70 than I would pick any half-mile fairground in America, you know, that, that right. That they just go, they just go run the water truck around four or five times on, and you know maybe, maybe it used to race horses back in the day. Like I'm, I'm pretty much over that. I don't, I don't really care for any of that. So I would, I would take I seventy in a heartbeat over that. And yeah. the second part of that thing is, we hear about how aggressive and demanding it is. Okay. Yeah. So why in the world, why in the world has Eldora figured out how to survive and thrive 
because I'm telling you, I stood in the infield at Eldora. It's it's really, really demanding, and it's just held in the highest regard in the world. So that tells me that it's just marketing and longevity, what? and those are a couple of things that I-70 could get lined out because people have accepted Eldora. They just know what it is. Uh, it, the, so the reason, no reason reason that, there's no reason that I-70 couldn't be accepted either. The reason Eldora is, it's because it's Eldora, to be honest with you. And, for sure, and, but, but Eldora, and, and Eldora, it's got a lot. A racetrack at one point in time. It's got a lot more it bank. Was. It was. It, it's got a lot more banking in it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But but it's big and fast in demand. They both are. That that's what I'm telling you. Yeah. You so, know. You know. Kirk and I. Kirk and I are going out too. for the million. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, you told me that. Yeah. And I and I lo- I love Eldora, and I'm going to tell you, I had. I had a great time at the race at I seventy last year too. I uh, I I very very much enjoyed it and and had a had a great time there. So yeah. Well, you know, I, I was out have... to succeed. There's they clearly they clearly care about what happened and getting that place going again because that place was so easy to just Katie bar the door on and the work that had to go in to get that thing back where you could just even roll people on the property was just almost insurmountable. And to see what they've done out there, they just take your breath away. Mm-hmm. Well, so if somebody's going to do that, then I'd, I'd like to figure out how to be a part of helping that succeed. You know, that's that's something I'm all about. I will say this, Trent. I was out there on April 29th for that open wheel show out there. They had the non-wing sprint uh-huh. cars and the 305s. I thought it was a great show. They had a good crowd. They had a couple thousand people there that night, which, uh, you know, it's well short of filling up. That place seats 8,000 people. But I really thought it was a very entertaining show that night. The track was good. There was good action uh, that night that I was out there earlier this year. You think about it, that's probably, you know, 2,000 people in for a dirt race. You're probably in the top 5% of events attended throughout the course of the year if you were to look at everything across the board, you know. Yeah. That's a a heck of a grandstand to get. Now, we had had a really good grandstand for our race last year. The reason our race didn't make it was we were too short on the pits. And um, we, we did not have enough B-Mod and stock car racers with us. And so, you know, maybe that's, hey, we do this again. If it doesn't improve, we're going to have to look at bringing another class in there to try to figure that problem out. But um, that was, you know, that was where we were sure. We had a, we had a good grandstand at ours. But people care about it. That's, that's, that's to me, what's, what's really pretty telling about the place is pe- people care about it. And they show you they care about it by their attendance. Yeah. Well, Trenton, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. And, uh, again, it's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they're going to be racing this weekend down at uh, CMS. they got 305s and midgets. Midgets as well. Power Eye midgets. That's an open-wheel weekend down there at CMS this Friday. Open-wheel night. They're running the uh, regular classes on Saturday night. Yeah. Okay. All right, Trenton, thanks so much for joining us, buddy. We can't thank you enough for taking yeah. the time each and every week to uh, visit with us here on uh, Mostly Motorsports. Again, it's all brought to you by RacingDirt.com. It, those guys do a great job over there with their pay-per-views, so we can't wait to watch more ASCS National Tour action. Now, Arrowhead's on my bucket list now. Sounds Where good. is that located? Yeah, so- Siloam, West Siloam Springs, Oklahoma, just right across the Arkansas state line, right on Highway 412. It'll, 412 will run you between uh, Fayetteville and Springdale, or Springdale, I think, Springdale and Tulsa. 
um, right to us, right off four. So I'm telling you guys, that thing's a gem now. That, that play, that that is as nice of a racetrack as I've ever been to. Wow. Uh, the, 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 the finish work there is incredible. The sweeps, the towers, the bleachers, the racetrack, the fence, the lighting, the sound system. Um, it's just the pits. It's, it's all lit up. It's paved. It's concreted. It's first class. How far all is that from Tri-State Speedway, the Pecola? Couple, two and a half hours, two and a half, oh, three hours. farther than I thought. Yeah. Just right there. It's basically right there in northwest Arkansas. It's just right on the Oklahoma side, um, just west of, uh, oh, gosh dang, Be- Bella Vista, Bentonville area, just, just west of there yeah. a little bit. 412 runs all the way through Oklahoma and Arkansas, and it sits right on Highway 412. Yeah. All right, Trenton. Thanks so much, buddy. We appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks, man. Always enjoy being on. All right. There you have it. Trenton Berry. Have a good week. From RacingDirt.com. They're the home of the Lucas Oil ASCS National Sprint Car Tour, as well as all the USMTS action, USRA action as well. They do a good job over there, don't they, Kurt? Oh, absolutely. I watched the uh, race at uh, Caney Valley the other night. I thought the production was good. They had an infield camera down there. I saw that. Scotty Cook interview the drivers down there. Yeah. And uh, Scotty Scotty does a great job. You know, they had a lot of red flags, a lot of yellows in that race. Scotty was busy. He was a busy guy during that that, Was that race completely packed full of yellows? Oh my God! They had uh, more yellow than anybody I ever saw. <laughs> it was a it was a long one. It was a long, long but one. But I watched it after the fact, so it didn't bother me any because I just uh, kind of paged through all the downtime. Right. So that's what you. But did. if you're watching it live, I was busy on at Houston's the other night. But I watched back once you know the outcome of the race, and I already knew the outcome of the race. Right. You can still watch it and. You know, zip through all the yellow flags and right. stuff. So, um, Alan Miller just checked in. He said, "23rd annual Tom Wilson Memorial pays three thousand dollars to the B mods and eight hundred to win in the Pure Stock Saturday night." Cool. That's pretty it, good money. Three thousand win for B mods. Yeah, and remember, it's Friday, Saturday this weekend, not the usual Saturday, Saturday Sunday as it's been yeah. in past years. Mm-hmm. So I'm going down there Friday night. I think I'm going to check the, I, you know, watching the midgets on that racetrack. I think I'm going to check that out. Are you going to go down there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going Saturday night. I'm going to go up to my old home track, Adams County Speedway, to watch the uh, Malvern Bank Late Model Series. And I think they're paying three grand to win on that. It's the Gale and Karen Hampel Memorial Race. And so um, I'm going to run up to uh, Adams. I haven't been up there since the Hall of Fame night four years ago, so I'm I'm going to go up there and check out the races on Saturday night at Corning. Kirk, Friday night, I'm going to a concert. Believe and it. who is who would that be? Tab Benoit. And where will that concert be held? At Knuckleheads. Knuckleheads. Wow. Outdoors in the outdoor venue. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Which I was at here a week ago Thursday. How how did you enjoy the Knuckleheads experience on the outside? I like that. It's the first time I'd seen an outside concert at Knuckleheads. It kind of feels like, you know, once the sun goes down, it kind of feels like you're indoors a little bit. Let me ask you this, Kirk. Did a train come by 
Yes, twice. And and, and blew the horn? Yeah. Uh, what'd you think of that? Yeah, that was kind of different. It kind of drowned out what I was trying to hear. <laughs> it did it more during the opening act than during Pam Tillis' set. But yeah, a couple of times that happened. Well, there's nothing like... There, there's a couple bands that have train songs. And, and, and when they... The train starts to go through there. They play the train songs. And that train's right by that venue. It uh, is hold on, right hold on, there. Hold on. 20 feet from the venue, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> it's right. right it, it's right it. on the railroad tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a cool venue. Uh, um, as much as I hate to not go down to CMS this Friday night, Tab Benoit is one of my favorite blues guitar players of all time and he is so good and if you get a chance to go down to knuckleheads this weekend if you're if you're in the kansas city area tab benoit is one of the best blues guitar players there is in the business wow he's from louisiana that's a pretty intimate setting down there it's uh it, it's pretty cool isn't it yeah they got it up upstairs Did, they've got some seats upstairs to, for the overflow crowd no, those are reserved seats. Reser- those, all of those seats up there are. Yeah, there's bench seating behind the ones that are reserved up next to the, the railing. The, the bench seating is uh, that's not, reserved. That's not they, reserved. Yeah, right. But the, the, they the had other names, seats are reserved, and they had their names on the seats. Right. And uh, so uh, you knew that those were reserved, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, that's a that's a unique venue down there. We now I've seen a concert on the inside in the garage, and now I've seen one on the outside. Hey, Kirk JJ Hickel picked up a four uh, ten win at Fremont. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah, big win for him. Yeah, I thought the racing this weekend, Scott, was uh, really good. I didn't see any rubber down racetracks anywhere. The action was pretty good just about everywhere I tuned in. The PA Sprint Week race at Lincoln the other night was uh, very entertaining. Yeah. Uh, and you said that they they moved that to Thursday, the the Lincoln race. It's supposed to be tonight, right? What are you talking? The US... PA Sprint Week. The PA Speed Week is supposed to be back in Lincoln tonight. Right. It was supposed to be, but it's raining out there. And you say that they moved it to Thursday. I believe they moved it to Thursday. Okay. If that's not. Are you sorry you didn't go out there? I am a little bit. Yeah. I'm a little bit. You got talked out out of it. Yeah. The weatherman talked me out of it. Well, you could have rode up with us on Saturday to Houston's. You could have done that. Tammy says they are using a built-in rain date on Thursday. I see. That that's an open date anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think they go to Hagerstown. Is that Wednesday? Hagerstown Wednesday. They go to Grandview tomorrow night. Williams yeah. Grove this Friday. They'll try that again. And then we still got two nights of Port Royal Speedway Saturday, and then Monday, and with Sealands Grove Speedway mixed in between those two events. Yeah. So that's the schedule for PA Sprint Week. But I, I thought the racing out at Skagit Speedway was terrific. Big, Man, big win I, for Justin Sanders. That's one of the best racetracks in, in the business. Yeah. Houston Speedway is one of the nicest facilities in the country. Would you agree with that, Kurt? It is. 
And what's felt so different about Houston Speedway, it felt like you were in a stadium. I walked, When I first got there, walked into the infield, just kind of look around. And it's very unique. I don't think I can remember a racetrack quite like the way the pits are set up. And by the way, after the races on Saturday night, the massive amounts of people that were walking down through the pit area after the races how, how long, was incredible. Kirk, how long did it take you to get out of that place? Not very long at all because uh, you waited. We were we got we did the Scott trailer parking. They pulled us in a, a place just right by the pit area, and I I was saying to John as we were driving out of there, I said, "Boy, this is gonna take a long time to get out of there." But once the traffic was rolling, we moved rolled right out. Yeah. And you're right, by the way. I-90 coming from the north is the way to go into Houston Speedway. Yeah, not 229. Yeah, now we came the other way just to see what that was like. The the GPS, and they sent you on two different roads and back, you know. The, when we left the track, we went right to the north to I-90. And that I, I said to John, now I understand why Scott Trailer said to go 90 to the racetrack. Yeah. That's the way I went. But it, I, I, I'm going back. That's a cool place, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Jackson is just nearly as nice. Yeah. As now, well. I've been to Jackson before. You yeah. remember we did the uh, race broadcast. We did a live pay-per-view. We did a live pay One of our first live pay-per-views was at Jackson right. back in the day. But they changed the racetrack probably since I've been up there at Jackson. It's shorter. It was a big half-mile racetrack. It's short now. They shortened that up. Yeah. Now, the grandstands, did they redo the grandstands at Jackson, too, since then? Or hmm. is it the same? Hmm. I don't know. You tell me. They shortened it up. That's all I know. No, I mean the grandstands. The grandstands are probably the same size. Yeah. But that's on an old fairgrounds. That was, that was a, quite a weekend. We stayed in a hotel that's kind of uh, sunken in a little bit up north of the interstate that weekend in Jackson. Yeah. So, uh, been to both racetracks now, and uh, Houston Speedway is definitely a destination racetrack. You need to go check it out. Yeah, no doubt about it. Sunday nights, every Sunday night, they got great sprint car racing up there. Yep, no doubt. All right, thanks everybody for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they're going to be racing down there on Friday night at CMS 305's Midgets. It's an open wheel. Friday night at Central Missouri Speedway. And uh, we want to thank Earl Walls for bringing in some open-wheel cars down there at CMS. It's always going to be good. So Earl and Susan do a great job promoting that racetrack down there. So thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week right here on Mostly Motorsports. Again, it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. We'll see you next week right here on Mostly Motorsports.